0: This is Cistrionics, the podcast where we talk care work and car crash politics. Hello. Hi.
1: Two households. <laughs> Both. like <Both> I
0: Alike. alike.
1: <laughs> In In Dignity dignity. in Berlin, where (laughs) we lay our scene. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, uh, what we're trying to say is... Two households, we're in the same household. We're in the same household. My household. I'm here. Get out. (laughs) Um, So, how are you doing? I'm alright. Yeah, you're alright. I'm
0: alright. Yeah. I'm alright. You look like you're at the
1: end of your time. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> i did i have to I have to tell listeners i did i, I came in today yeah. and i was greeted with a absolutely delicious amazing meal cooked by yourself love, love a man oh i didn't cook it and uh, his self i said his self yeah not no, herself no <laughs> um and i did i gave you about a 45 minute rant didn't i yeah you did i i was
1: happy to <sighs> have it listen it's, it's
0: like the fourth or fifth time in lockdown so i feel like you're Bearing some of the brunt No it's know. fine Doing
1: a bit of emotional labour Um, It's all good Happy to do it Thank you uh, Genuinely concerned <laughs> No not genuinely concerned
0: um, But gonna talk about care Yeah it, it, it all fits into this theme Which is why we're kind of talking about it a Caring bit. is sharing Caring is sharing The caring Would be better mm. So yeah I guess like I feel quite attached to this theme We're gonna be talking about care um, today so the care economy so that's you know the household economy and also talking about care care workers and the um yeah the economy of care so looking at who looks after children so education health workers and also social workers as well um but let's just start with me oh, go love it yeah um so yeah i mean like everyone's well a lot of people are now talking about the disproportionate effect that covid has had on women's lives especially women who have children and that's kind of what we want to focus on today because it has it has profoundly affected me and when i read articles now i do feel i feel like a statistic and actually a lot of the statistics that i read in preparation for this podcast recording applied almost exactly to me and a lot of the facts that i'd read applied almost exactly to me it felt like i was reading an article about myself and that you know it did feel quite depressing when at the end of the article they were like it's possible but we're going back 50 years in terms of female emancipation and female participation in the workforce and um it does sort of feel a bit um it worrisome Uh, that I do find myself in a category that is being looked at with uh, dismal eyes currently. Do you think
1: it's a sign that it was always very precarious anyway?
0: Yeah, well, I think everyone who works in tourism has had this stunning realisation that we are very vulnerable as a a market. You know, it's not necessarily vulnerability to demand. I think, you know, everyone's like, oh, everyone's going to want to go on holiday. It's like, yeah, fair enough. But when they can't go on holiday, then that's the real problem. And COVID has really taught us that, There are such things that can shut down tourism. And I mean, I lost my work in two days. That was it. Um, Mid-March, boom, Trump announces his travel ban to Europe. Boom, four or five days later, my work's all gone. And literally within two days, the Thursday and the Friday of that week, you know, the 14th, 15th of March, it was gone. Like all my work for the next six weeks. And uh, spoiler alert, it hasn't picked up again. And I think that tourism, I think tour guiding will probably be um, a bit of a, a pocket money game for the next year or so. So it's, um, yeah, it's, it's kind of, it's not a great industry to be in, if I'm honest, <laughs> at the moment. And, um, and also what I feel very hamstrung in at the moment is that I'm doing full, full-time childcare, which means that I just don't have the time to look for something else and to to find another job potentially but i don't think i will find another job that i necessarily feel has 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 as much meaning as i uh, i felt tour guiding did because i really did absolutely adore that job and hopefully we'll do it again but um yeah it's difficult to kind of like just not have the time in your day to to sit down and to to do the applications and to even look for jobs because i am doing absolute full time full full-time childcare. he's always there isn't he always there and it's just when he <laughs> sleeps and um that's what's really tough and i think maybe people who don't have kids you know, oh why can't you do it when they're there or just stick him in front of a program and stuff like that it's just it's childcare is absolutely constant it's absolutely constant and you only really get a break and a little bit of headspace when they're asleep um because they can't knock stuff over and they can't you know bash their head against something and they can't uh, throw stuff out the window. That's his favourite pastime Tiny at the moment. Tiny <laughs> drunks. Tiny drunk terrorists. It's getting hot in Berlin. It's getting yeah. hot. So and we want window, window's open, yeah. as soon as you open a window, he grabs something, something, out something out of off of the floor and throws it out the window. Because Hit. it's hilarious because oh, you God. freak out. Yeah, every time. And um, it's it's really, you know, you don't have that opportunity to just sit at a laptop and like type away something because you're just scared your two year old's going to throw something out the window and just can't- can't- (laughs) potentially cause a head injury (laughs) um yeah that's just the way that things have turned out and there's very little I can do and I don't feel justified anymore in asking for more and more and more time off because without something specific to get done it's difficult to justify that time
1: but this is the thing, isn't it, is that we have had conversations in the past where you've been very explicit about trying to, this is, it's all fucking money, isn't it? And it's like how, how we have to try and like, you know, put value on things that are traditionally not valued because because it's just the way it is. It's like fish who don't realise that they're swimming in water. Mm. Like, you know, they don't know what water is because you wouldn't, like, we don't really think about oxygen. That how just ubiquitous something is, how important something is, um, and therefore not seeing it as valuable, like, I don't know. This isn't really a point.
0: I mean, no, it is a point. Like, it's, it's, it's the fact that we live in a constructed patriarchy that obviously doesn't value i knew they'd have something to do with it women's work (laughs) and um and thus we don't have any kind of um, feedback systems Mm. for rewarding people who do do homework and there is like there's a genuine payment that women do pay for having children and um and it's called the the motherhood penalty and in each country, they, like a lot of feminist organisations or organisations that tend to chart women in the workplace, they will create statistics and and essentially create an amount of money that women will lose over a lifetime because they've had a children. And per child, it goes up every single child that you have. And in the UK, it's something like 250,000 over the course of a lifetime. So you, it's it's a big, big penalty. And um, and I, I don't know, like, I think I've always... Of myself as someone who is so aware of these things, and I was so aware of them when I got pregnant that I was so aware that I didn't want any of these things to happen. But then something like COVID happens, and and really, like, what can you do? Like, is it fair for me to be paid for? I don't pay rent anymore, I don't pay any household bills anymore. Um, Dom pays for everything. Is it really fair for me to then ask him to do 50% of the childcare? You know, is that really fair? I don't think so, which is why I'm doing full-time childcare. But it does mean, you know, I'm doing eleven hours a day, usually eleven until nine, ten at night, depending on when Yannick goes to sleep. So I'm doing like eleven hours of childcare every single day, and you, you know, it's just so much more work than a desk job. It's so much more work than you know sitting in front of your computer and doing something. It's so much more work than tour guiding. It was, mm-hmm. it's so much more work than any job that. Yeah. I'm absolutely exhausted. And when he does finally go to bed, there's no way I'm sitting in front of my computer and writing up a application for a new job. I just can't. And in the mornings, when I do get sort of a chunk of time, I just need that for myself. I need to I go on, I go on walks. I go to Tempelhof every morning and I sit in the gardens at Templehof, and I take 45 minutes and read my book. Like that's how I clear my head. And I feel the difference when I haven't done it. I have very anxious days. I didn't do it today. So <laughs> it's good that we're recording today. <laughs> um, so, so yeah, like it, it's, I do feel when, when I was researching this in his nap time, because that's what I do. And, you know, when, when he does nap, and he will nap now for like an hour and a half a day, if I do have something to do, then I will use the nap time to do it, which is what I did with with the research for this podcast and reading all the research for this podcast, I did feel very much part of all of the statistics I was reading. And um, and none of the articles were saying this was a good thing.
1: I guess this is something you see reflected, right? Because care work generally, women's work generally, quote unquote, it's, it's reflected in the wage though, isn't it? Like it's reflected and this is the thing that I find quite kind of you know tragically comic with people being like oh and all of a sudden gosh isn't don't we need carers and you're like yeah yeah you do (laughs) you do need
0: carers yeah the concept of the essential worker was basically it's just a covid COVID phenomenon
1: oh gosh we do need people to clean the hospital like yeah (laughs) yeah you do oh but oh and the economy economy that's so important isn't it the economy what the fuck is the economy (laughs) if not labor like what 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 were we thinking probably myself included like I still feel so ridiculous I do think this is a funny difference I was talking about this with my parents like the difference between like Germany and Britain of like I do feel like if I were to go up to like my you know my staff on the checkout for example or my like shelf stackers and be like you guys are heroes (laughs) you're such they'd be like please fuck please fuck off i have every sunday off i'm in a fucking union i have self respect and actually i was respected in society um it's you know it's very starkly thrown into relief in britain you just realize how little respect was given And that is reflected in the wage. And it's reflected in... Transport workers getting spat out. Oh, exactly. And dying. And, um, you know, and bus drivers dying because they don't have protective equipment um, in this situation.
0: Do you know what I found so insidious about that? Is here, if you get on a bus in Berlin... It's almost like every Berliner won't even bother to set, to show their ticket. You yeah. know, it's just sort of like... And that's just something that Bayfow Gay does, right? It just sort of like, well, buses, we're just not going to police those. Yeah. But we're going to police the U-bans and we're going to police the s bahns right? So you better have a ticket on one of those. And even then, it's like twice a month yeah. uh, if you travel on yeah. them often. Anyway, like London, right, those bus drivers are made to constantly check tickets. And you can just imagine the calculation at TFL. Well, if we lose those profits then that's just so much more important than losing bus drivers
1: oh absolutely you can
0: just sort of see like well if they aren't able to get to the bus driver then they won't be able to pay a fare or they won't be able to like tag their you know their cards or whatever and it's it's that thing of like the i could just imagine i don't know why so many bus drivers were exposed in the way that they were obviously tfl didn't provide enough equipment early enough which is why it spreads so badly in the transport sector but you could just imagine that that calculation was made in a place like london in a place like england that values profit over people you can just imagine that they were just exposed to this because the ticket paying customer has to pay for Mm. the fare whereas here it's just like you get on a bus you show your ticket even now even like before covid it's like you know most people don't show their ticket mm. and if i didn't have a ticket for a bus honestly i'll just show an old one exactly and who cares yeah. um but it's that thing of like you know here it's more of an honest system over in the uk it's it's always profit over people and that policy kills and i think what's you know what covid just shows is that capitalism taken to its free market extreme extent will kill you yeah yeah
1: and they will let it kill you
0: a few pensioners die
1: that is the words of Dominic Cummings. Right. If your pensioners die, what are you going to do? Like they, they, they don't. Yeah, it's it's care, and this is. I've just you couldn't dream it. You couldn't write it. I don't know. We've already said this. Like you couldn't dream that something would so starkly throw into relief um, this situation and 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 really show. You know, I just think it was so so weird and so disgusting to see Pretty Patel talking, you know, mere weeks ago about, you know, well, unless you earn, what was it, 32 grand or like, I don't know, you know, you have to earn a certain amount of money for you to be valued, for you to come into the country. And then all of a sudden, oh, bankers... <laughs> Not particularly useful <laughs> when you don't, you know, like like who's who is valuable and who is not, and whose work has been seriously undervalued, um, and of course it's it's care work and it's women's work. It's women's Let, work let's be yeah. honest, like yeah. so. Um,
0: so looked up this in- woman's
1: work. <laughs> this woman's work. Sorry, I get that in my head every time we talk about this. Never heard us. No, you have. It's the bush. No. It's
0: the bush. Oh, okay. Oh, oh. <laughs> Sorry, it's the it's the spatey one. It's got to your head. It has. I've got some statistics for you, Pip. Please lay it on me. Okay, so this is for the health service. So eighty percent of all non-medical health service staff are women, and that's forty-six percent in the wider workforce. So that's in comparison to forty-six percent in the wider workforce. It's eighty percent in the healthcare sector. So yeah about double or not but like 80% in comparison to 46%. Um 80% of all jobs done in adult social care are done by women and the proportion in direct care and support provision is even higher at 85 to 90% Jeez. jobs. So that's including also uh, child support services yep. and childcare services as well. And any um, health provision in uh, children and familial services, so that's like eighty-five to ninety percent done by women. Um, however, you want to know how much they get paid for it. I don't imagine it's it's a bit depressing. But here we go. Um, so overall, men in the healthcare service. So the pay gap between men and women is. Twenty-three percent. So the pay gap reflects, for instance, like the gap between like doctors and nurses. Yeah. So it's a twenty-three percent on average difference, but that is much, much, much bigger when you take, for instance, the highest paid jobs in the healthcare service, like a consultant doctor and a nurse um, who often does the legwork in the health service. Um, The equal pay is. Stunningly horrendous as well. Um, so there's about a 17 percent difference in um, healthcare workers who do exactly the same job between men and women. Mm. So, for instance, doctors who are men and doctors who are women will have a 17 percent difference between their pay, even though they do the same job. And in GPs, it's 33 percent. Wow. So GPs who are men, male GPs, will get 33 percent. So they get uh, one pound 33 pence for every pound that a female mm-hmm. GP will get. And um, consultant jobs are overwhelmingly given to men rather than women, um, even though women make up the vast majority of uh, medical students. So two to one in terms of consultants. And we thought that was changing, but it's really not changing anywhere near quick enough to actually create any kind of gender parity in the next um, decade or so. So frontline essential workers, this like idea of essential workers, it seems to be something that's become really in vogue since the beginning of covid clapping clapping on a thursday for essential workers but not recognizing that this is a structural issue and there are structural problems in stopping essential workers from being paid proper wages and also giving the freedom and not the the scarcity and the fear of having to come to work um and giving people the freedom to like stay home when they're in a hostile and dangerous work yeah. environment
1: not getting a clapping, um but like have have a have a word if you're still <laughs> Tory eh? um uh but yeah um
0: but that's it isn't it like it's the I guess hypocrisy for, no for me it's the Tory way like distract you should be doing something because you love it. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not if because you're you've been a woman, out. you should be doing something because you love it, and mm. doing something because you're passionate about it, and doing something because you know you care so much about people. That's what women should be doing. They should be focusing on, on, on caring about their work men should be focusing about providing for the family, which is why they need such good wages. Yes, exactly. And so that's why clapping for them is not antithetical. It's not yeah. It's not hypocritical for them. It's part of an ideology mm. that fundamentally, like monetarily delegitimizes women gaining access to decent wages. Mm. That I mean, it, it's funny, like when we sort of say how hypocritical of Tories clapping essential workers when their NPs have voted down you know nurses pay increases very recently you just think well that's not actually hypocritical for them because their entire ideology is around well women should care for us they are a service to be utilized yeah
1: well this is it isn't it and if they're not they're so much more unnatural you are not a natural woman (laughs) You are not if, sorry, you are not if you are not caring. And if you do show elements of not caring, you are a monster. And this is something I was kind of trying to touch on in the class I was teaching last month was that like, you know, you do sound like a broken record and you're like, by the way, yeah, like, so why do you think, um, why, who do you think introduced these ideas and who is kind of, you know, organizing society so that um, they're always out on top, yeah, it is white dudes. Um, and my point was, cause you keep, you, keep, you, know, you keep on saying that, you keep saying like, yeah, and that this this is cause, you know, you, know, you have the, the male gaze, for example, uh, in, in cinema because, you know, white dudes like looking at naked women, uh, heter- white heterosexual men. But um you know the point is the point isn't that they sit in um, you know conference rooms uh, smoking cigars like rubbing their hands together and going what can we get the women to do it's not it's actually much more insidious than that if you had like you know some people you could point to I'm sure at, at Eton or oxbridge or wherever you do have rooms like that and decisions like that have been made but it's more baked in and that's the problem and that is the thing is that so much has been internal. About what women should do and what they are if they deviate away from that as well. And just and also what they're obliged to do mm. as well. What you're just obliged to do as a woman and feeling like, well I made the decision to do this so I, be- I guess I better I better just knuckle down I better just take this and I better just do this and just the, these obligations of like like this discussion that well a row that erupted about a week and a half ago about cleaning staff and you know <laughs> the white women are at it again uh, like, just the you know this this Owen Jones the you know Um, activist and you know kind of like left wing reporter was saying that like you know you should if you're if you're like wealthy enough to have a cleaner pay them to stay home they would be in a power dynamic that feels uncomfortable and it could be like we'd really love you to come back only if you feel safe Mm. only if you feels oh um I guess, yeah. I guess I could come back. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll bring the spray and I'll, I'll have a mask on and um, yeah. I, well, if I say no, um, maybe you'll find someone else to do it. And that's mm. the thing with capitalism, isn't it? Is that you can always find someone more desperate. Also, most cleaners are paid cash in hand. Yes. So no workers' protections whatsoever. There you go. So, and this is the thing, isn't it? This is what's been baked in to this neoliberal, you know, uber-capitalist system you know, again, we've talked about it. I think is is that you know for two hundred years the plan has been to protect workers and to increase workers' rights for ourselves in Britain and ourselves in quote unquote the West. And the last forty years has actually been trying to undercut that with you know you know zero paid you know zero hour contracts and contracts and you know rolling contracts in every element destruction of, of unions, destruction of unions. And that's why you know I found it found it so valuable that everyone's like join a union, join a union join a union one of the most powerful things i think in the fight against not covid because the virus is going to do what the virus is going to do the response to the virus and the exploitation of the carnage of the virus we have to do something about we can do something about um which is joining a union and is remembering solidarity and that is something that we have to do yeah like joining a union is the only thing well not the only thing but you know joining a union is just a very very good protection but what do you do as a cleaner when you've got this power dynamic mm. and you feel obliged yeah. and you feel like there's not much i can do and that discussion i thought was really interesting and it exposed again jesus the fucking white women i'm sorry like like throw us on the fucking pyre sometimes like this was just You know, I can't talk to my teenage sons about cleaning. The patriarchy is calling from inside the house. You sort it out. If the conversation is uncomfortable for you to have with your husband and your sons, do not spread that to working class women who you're making come to your house. Do not spread that shit. This is where the intersectionality has to come in. Mm -hmm. And you have to recognize the privilege that you have in even opting to have a cleaner. And I thought that was a really, as usual, you know, the, the, the... the women, you know, sus- suspiciously who were taken on this mantle, very anti-trans people, tr- you know, ha- have, have, a, have a history. And someone, you know, this really fantastic tweet about, like, you can't get your, ton- your sons to do any cleaning, but you are worried that teenagers are being forced to change their gender by their parents. Doesn't really add up, does it? <laughs> um, and, yeah, you just think, you know, you've essentialised what women's work is, and you've been essentialized in your privileged white
0: middle-class system and i think there's also a point that we can make to circle back to the earlier point of clapping with uh clapping for essential workers um the idea that you know you should be doing it because you care about it rather than that you're you're gaining um you're gaining essential wages for your life um and to thrive as well um it's like (laughs) do you think it's also kind of like that kind of like no but you know how you have like i
1: saw doctors protesting with signs saying like doctors not heroes and that's it, isn't it? Like
0: you don't want to just be a pay fucking Just pay people. Just pay people. Oh, just pay people.
1: What they are. That is
0: the currency of success in a capitalist system. Is a decent wage. And if you value their work, give them decent the
1: wages. Exactly. And that's the thing: is that we're not. You know, and, and you and, see yeah. when when it's so easily easily um you know, you add a number to it and you can add this kind of like numerical value to it.
0: Yeah. If you value a health system, pay for it.
1: Don't if applaud you when you don't give nurses a payment. If you're
0: cleaner, pay for her, pay for him. Pay to make her or him safe at work. If you value them, pay for them you know like this is this is the thing about the essential workers thing and this is also the thing about the old the sort of the fallacy of neoliberalism concepts of freedom is that neoliberalism so often disguises servitude as freedom yeah and it's really essentially when you look at it one usually man's or privileged woman's freedom at the expense of thousands of people's servitude. So what we are seeing or what, what COVID has just so magically exposed, or so horrendously exposed is a serfdom. Yeah. And people clapping for essential workers and people grumbling about not having their cleaning staff in during lockdown. It just shows that essentially there's, there's the people who have assets and people who have wealth and there's everyone else who just working works for them. Yeah. And, and we're supposed to be happy with claps and ideas of freedom rather than the reality. Elizabeth Hannon. Who's she? Doctor. Oh. Yeah. Uh, I think like oh. an academic one, a fancy one. Fine. Not the workers. What's she got to um, say? <laughs> so, yeah. On the 12th of May, she released a report she's the deputy editor of the british journal of the philosophy of science and she released a report um basically a call out to female academics who usually would be uh, submitting their um academic articles um to her <laughs> journal <laughs> and, and just one. so basically what she said is just like okay so in the month of april we have had Almost no submissions by women, uh, by female academics to this journal... What's going on? The number of um, submissions that we're getting from male authors is basically stagnant. It stayed the same, but the female authors is minuscule. And so she did a call out because she was like, what's going on here? And a lot of female academics who were due to publish or have published in the philosophy of science before or are in that field, got in touch and said that they were completely overwhelmed by childcare and also the palliative care Mm. of taking care of students. And I found that so fascinating. Mm. So did she, which is why she wrote an article about it. Um, But I found that really fascinating is that that palliative care, even in a uh, work context, like teachers dealing with students, even in that context, women are doing more care for the care economy than men. Men's research didn't go down in April 2020 in this one academic Uh paper. Okay, but what made me uh, what made me so interested in this is partly because of that, but also partly because of like how many how many other journals are there that don't have Dr. Elizabeth Hannans? Yeah, the only reason we know that is because we have a female pair of eyes, Mm. and I think that that's what's slightly different. That's the only sort of glimmer of hope that I got in my research today is that that's a depressing statistic. That's a depressing finding that she found out, but she found it out. Mm. And that's kind of the only thing that I was almost positive about was that we're not in the same position that we were 50 years ago. Yeah. There are more female eyes and there are more women in power. And they're doing a lot better than their male counterparts. Yeah. A fuckload better than their male counterparts. Um, and birth control. And, and there's birth control as well. You know, women have much more choice and they also have much more access to the levers of power than they did before. Not enough. Not enough. We need parity. For anyone who's listening out there and doesn't understand what equality means, we want parity. Fifty, fucking fifty, and that does mean that some of you are going to have to lose your jobs. Why? Straight, man. Um, they won't like that. They won't like that. Fuck them. Do they ever listen? <laughs> they're, no, they're fine. Yeah, listen. If
1: you are listening, getting angry, don't worry. You'll be fine. Uh,
0: <laughs> trust me, you'll be absolutely fine. So, why does this all matter? what's at stake pip like seriously but that's a genuine question because what is at stake um you know like i i kind of since december last year the tone of our podcast i feel has changed from being more uh hopeful to being a little bit more despairing like we don't like you know, in the UK, especially, like, there really is no hope. I mean, unless we force an election before December, I don't or- know that
1: we're more despairing. I think we're a lot more like, fuck it, which is, which I think is fine. I think you have to get to that point. Yeah. We, we had to. And Jesus, as we said in the last episode, like, we were talking about Brexit, like, it was the most important thing. And now, Jesus Christ. Like who actually cares? Like we should still care because it's gonna cause a shitload of problems. And don't worry, they're gonna try and like collate COVID and Brexit into one thing. Um, But yeah, it just, we have, I think we've gotten, I've gotten a lot less apologetic about being like, no, this is a problem. And for example, we wouldn't be in this position if we had a Labour government. We could have had Corbyn, thank God we didn't have Corbyn. (laughs) Sixty thousand people might not have been dead but never mind um but like that you know wherever you sit on that matter that's actually probably demonstrably quite true that you know if you had a left-wing fucking government in power you have more you have the whole fucking thing is more about care it's more about solidarity well it's
0: more about a functioning state yeah i think that's the major difference is that tories they can't really be held accountable because their belief system centers around a dysfunctioning state. They don't believe the state should interfere in life. Mm. You know, like, I don't really understand what their concept of government is. I think it's basically just like an army Mm. or something. Like, they can go and invade other people. Mm. But essentially, it's it's, it's predicated on the idea that you shouldn't have an interfering state. And that means, unfortunately, a dysfunctional state so that's why they don't get held to account so if you had a labour government they get held to account much more because they actually do believe in a functioning state because they say the state should be doing this and should be achieving this and therefore when it doesn't achieve that people are like well you said this and you're doing this Mm. and we're going to get really upset about that um but i think i think what what i've been thinking lately is that i think what we're watching in terms of the uk is like it's just the the dying embers of a post-colonial state that's taken 60 years, really, to just die. die. And yeah. it's, you know, th- the people at the helm are using the past in order to somehow steer the ship of the present into a future that looks so dystopian, And so brutal and so dog-eat-dog that, like, there's no investment in it amongst those who are young. There's only investment in it amongst those who won't have to live through it. And I think, I, I don't know, like, I can't bring myself to feel any hope for the UK anymore because it just feels like, it feels like it's lying down, willing to take it, you know. Britain is opening up its economy when its infection rate is higher than it was at the beginning of lockdown. It feels like that country is lying down to take whatever punishment the Tory government will give them, because they've just, they couldn't imagine a brighter future. They couldn't imagine a better world. And I can't not be so depressed about it. Uh. I d- and there's part of me that's like well I've got another citizenship now I've got a lifeboat fuck them. but you know that's you my said family like you said it's last... my
1: friends it's... and you said last episode where is the where is the largest green movement in Europe
0: where is the largest green movement in Europe it's fucking UK
1: where is the largest labour movement in Europe where
0: are they in the I UK? mean no there are plenty of people standing up for this stuff but it's just you know the by and large the British public don't care or, or, or can't, something in them. Like yeah. They can recognise yeah, yeah. the fucking yeah. problems, but they can't, they can't do anything bring like themselves to yeah. be mad about it. Yeah. Do you think the Germans would allow yeah. their state to murder 60,000 of their yeah. citizens and do nothing about it? I just
1: think about the French as well. Jesus, the French. They'll, bur- they'll burn a car. Drop of a hat.
0: I mean, it's like unsent more fuel prices <laughs> Fucking burn, burn, burn the ground. car, burn the car, burn <laughs> it, and then
1: let's go make love. <laughs> <laughs> they just have more style. I <laughs> <laughs> need yesterday's croissant.
0: Uh, I mean, warm some like... fire
1: <laughs> Warm the <of> croissant <laughs> by the fire. And listening lol yeah the french wouldn't do it they'd rip up the streets um and yeah i don't know what it is i don't but you said you had action points you said you had a plan okay so
0: uh just before we go into the policy prescriptions though just to go back a bit to women in work um more generally in how sort of um fucked women have been by covid um especially women with children so mothers in terms of the family unit were 23% more likely than fathers to have temporarily or permanently lost their jobs mothers were 47% more likely to have been permanently uh, to have permanently lost their job or have had to quit as a result of covid and 14% more likely women versus men to have been furloughed so that means that mothers have come out of covid 9% less likely to be in paid work than fathers than their male father counterparts um women have experienced more interruptions because of children than men and the gender wage gap as a result is on course to drastically increase so the motherhood penalty is real as we talked about earlier and it's going to get much more real and much more... There's going to be a huge disparity between men and women, especially when you bring in children um, in the future if this isn't combated. So there are policy prescriptions. And if we had a pro-woman leftist government in charge, these are the policy prescriptions that they would most likely um, employ in order to stop this becoming an indentured part of the workplace. The first would be strategic investment to create um, childcare infrastructure, which is just a standard feminist demand. I know, hey, that would probably, even without a deadly virus, <laughs> In would b- be care. all right with that. Childcare, childcare, childcare. Um, to reform parental leave to equalise the parenting of the first year. Again, you start it when they're young. You teach men that childcare isn't easy and they won't take it for granted as much. Housework as well. And housework as well, absolutely. Uh, three, normalise flexible and remote working in the post-COVID era and the post-COVID economy. And four, increase child benefit in order to reduce the financial burden on parents of having children. So those are the kinds of things that a leftist pro-women government would do. But We don't have a leftist pro-women government. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> but that's it, isn't it? It's, you know, you just... Do you think we have four and
1: a half more years of this same government, though? I don't. And that's not... I'm not an optimist. I don't think they are going to be able to spin this away. I think if Dominic Cummings had been made to be fired, I think we would have had a chance. I don't know, though, because I think they're going to... Because there's more shit. there's, There's so much corruption there. And they're not bright... They've
0: proved themselves to actually not be that bright. Yeah, just but they also privileged. have a playbook. They, they also do. have the Trump playbook to play by. But
1: this virus doesn't give a fuck about that playbook. Mm. We do
0: not know where this is going to go. And but I, Trump has shown them a way of how to use the virus against people and to, to use it to divide people. But they're not further. the same
1: countries. And I'm not saying we're better people and I'm not saying we're in a better position. But at the same time, there is something to be said for... we're not the same country we're less people we do have the health service it is like a religion and I know I know it took a lot for people to give a shit about it but at the same time I just I don't know nothing would surprise me anymore when it comes to and that's the only thing I can hang on to really is that nothing surprises me and good god if something good could happen as a surprise that would be that would be lovely i've been saying that since the brexit vote like nothing can surprise you in politics Mm -hmm. since brexit and trump nothing should surprise you in politics in in you know in, in in world in world history nothing should come as a surprise and i don't know Still a great believer in balance and just the, the hubris of, of of the characters that you have in charge at the moment and also the stupidity. They do remind me, I know we get, you know, you get accused of Godwin's law and you mention the Nazis and that's not relevant. But what you see in the cabinet in Britain is fucking Nazism. Incompetent people who are prepared to do, what, do and say whatever it takes to be close to power. You know, Suella Braverman, who is the attorney general, Making her position untenable, or should have done by what she said about Dominic Cummings breaking the lockdown. Oh, he did what any father would do—fucking slap you in the face if you if you didn't spend any time with your children, if they or if they were ill, or if your mother died and your your wife died. My wife died, and I didn't spend the last two weeks with her, and I wasn't with her when she died horribly because of the lockdown. And this fucker did whatever the hell he wanted because he's a, a true elite. How? How can anyone recover from that? And how can anyone recover from the anger from that? I don't know. But yeah, maybe maybe people already seem to have kind of gotten over it. But maybe they haven't. Maybe this kind of lights a very long-running, simmering fire. And no, I don't have much faith that the British get out and rip up the pavements. But
0: Jesus Christ, we're supposed to be punk rock. I just think that by the time that we finally do get power, there'll be nothing left. it will be embers well embers of a state that has been so torched but then by the tory elite
1: something has to come out of that because there's 65 million people there how do you want to finish off i fucking hate the tories do we do we have to end on a positive note? Um, yes. Okay, so here's a positive. Okay, <laughs> because we've been trying for an hour to <laughs> pull <port.
0: laughs> one. Okay, so moving away from British politics, it's yes. obviously I, I can't see anything. No, I just it's a blazing fucking mess. Look at Sweet Jacinda. Oh, Jacinda, yes, yeah, New she's- Zealand.
1: Like I don't. Such, a I ape. don't want to. We're just having a bit of a quake. Claim it. <laughs> just having a bit of a quake. Having a bit here. of a quake. It's all right, everybody. There's no lights above me. <laughs> She's just on it. She knew. She knew. She knew you what to look knew. for. She knew. She's like, it's all right. She knew that she would get... There are no hanging knew, lights. She knew she'd be fucking critiqued if she didn't run out of there screaming. And she's like, it's all right, everyone. I feel safe. There's no lights above me.
0: She she knows what to look. She for. She knows exactly what to look for. In a in a stage environment with an earthquake going on, she's looking for the hanging lights. There's no lights. I mean, like, how did she know that? Is she a genius? Oh, no, is no, no, a- no,
1: no, 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 no. She's Sorry. just a
0: woman. She's just a woman. And she has to be
1: better at her job than every other man She's who's gone so before her. She's so much it. better at her and job. And this is the thing. So in a year, even six months, we do know. Yes, you're saying that patriarchy and the Tories, they're doing really well. But are they? Look at the fucking death rate of those countries. Look at Bolsonaro. Look at Trump. Look at Johnson. Yeah, we can see. We can see it. So... There has to be a reckoning, and I think there will be. And it's it's not going to go unnoticed that... The dick swinging doesn't work. You can't dick swing your way out of a virus. It doesn't work. And that you have to put, we do value care. We do value essential workers. Surprise, there's no such thing as an economy without labor. And hopefully more people will join a union. Hopefully more people will realize that you you do not exist in a vacuum and society doesn't exist in a vacuum. And solidarity is the only way we're gonna get out of this. That's the only good thing I can think about this. Trump just put up a wall around a nuclear bunker under the fucking White House. What does that look like? It looks like failure. It looks like a failed state. That's what that looks like. That country is finally, not finally, this has been coming for a long time. Like people angry, rightfully so, out in the streets, you have threat the threats of the army being brought out against its own citizens it's finally showing its face and you can't like you can't move forward without showing that so maybe we're getting to the point where you there's no turning back because maybe there was always an option to turn back and that's why we didn't get anything done ta-da <laughs> okay you did it positive no yeah no that's positive i'm i'm convinced right you can follow us on twitter <laughs> you can follow us Isn't on Instagram better? it's better it's a bit better
0: <laughs> you can like us on Facebook please do that although I think we should get off. Our- Facebook, guys. Yeah. I think we should tell Facebook to fuck the fuck off. Yeah, it turns out
1: Mark Zuckerberg's oh, a dick. Lee, Jesus, could you not tell by his jellyfish face? He's uh, the ugliest man I've ever seen. But fuck Facebook. Don't fuck like Facebook. us on Facebook. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> well, the only thing is, I do think we get most of our listeners because they're mostly who we know. We love you, by the way. Thank we you. really do. Thank Hope you had nowhere to be. Uh, all right, then. Um, this has been. Cistrionics, Cistrionics. That seems to be the general mood. But I don't know. I don't know how... I don't know what the answer is. Those three points, that's where we're going to have to edit from. The policy points? The policy points. But you might as well have a policy point if everyone gets a kilogram of marshmallows every (laughs) Tuesday. Everyone gets a free fucking... <laughs> Voucher for oral sex, like <laughs> every month. <laughs> that's that's how far away we, we are um, from getting
0: those things. Not
1: drink wine. I
0: had, <laughs> I had a wash of my hair today and it smells
1: good, amazing. Good for you.
0: Did you get your fringe cut again? How many fringes since
1: last we met? No, it was just the one. Just- <laughs>
0: how oh, many fringes this ago this is two weeks old this is two weeks fringe yeah it'll good. get cut in another two nice so next stage of COVID yeah. alright then
1: <laughs> second wave fucking hell second wave yeah ready, ready for the second lockdown everyone yeah we should really enjoy this
0: time it'll together be, it'll be the week Yannick goes to Kita, and they'll, they'll be like, like, take, like take, him back, you. take him back take him back and you'll move house no I'll move brain you'll
1: move <laughs> just be lobotomized. <laughs> getting out of it yeah all right what we what, how are we going to finish off <laughs> this has been you've done a really shit hair <laughs> job <jam>, tiny hair as <laughs> basic function
0: <laughs> this isn't just wine I don't know what this is I don't know maybe it's just together
1: yeah I think so. I think yeah this is this, this is, is this is, is, it. is, this, is it. this is life
0: this is life
1: I they, let us out. Out. they let us out and look what we do they we're trying to convince it's alright for women to get together and have thoughts and listen to what we record put them back on zoom
0: <laughs> have some focus oh god what do we have to say